Hey, Harry, do you realize that it has, in fact, been 10 years since you've been behind the wheel of one of these things? When I break it, they can take it out of my pay. listening to the podcast so there i was this is episode 16 true lies fig we had some movie stars with us tonight we had actual movie stars and i had some of my preconceived notions about the movie true lies totally destroyed that i'm still trying to process through but boy was that fun listening to those guys yeah yeah spoiler alert arnold schwarzenegger did not actually steal a harrier and fly it downtown what it's horrible. It's a good story. It's horrible to find that out after all these years. It was a good you story. Know, it was a great story connecting with uh, two of our old squatter mates, and uh, they have a great they have a great story to tell. And I enjoyed every, every second of it. They did indeed. So no further delay. Here we go. So there I was, episode 16, True Lies. <laughs> Hey, that's how every great aviation tale begins. That is it. Hey, this is Fig, and I'm in Denver, Colorado, and I am really excited to interview these two guys. Take it away, my co-host, wherever you are in the globe, repeat. I think I'm home in New Hampshire tonight. Yeah, All thanks, right. Fig. Well, this is, uh, again, another uh, broken tradition. Uh, this is only the second time we've had two guests on at the same time. This is the true lies version of so there i was we're going to talk to the pilot study who actually flew the scenes in the movie true lies with arnold schwarzenegger and jamie lee curtis uh tom arnold and i think tia carrera so welcome uh bugs and welcome moto bugs where are you tonight hey Pete. uh in virginia on the good coast in nice. the uh humid hot mid-atlantic summer Nice. But, uh, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, it's like great that. to see you. Got a little <laughs> fuzzier than the last time I saw you, but it's still great to see you. <laughs> there you go. Moto. Moto, where are you coming from? Hey. Hello, guys. Hey, it's awesome to be with you. Um, I am just across the state border from Memphis in Olive Branch, Mississippi. You, uh, you guys living down there now? You were living down downtown Memphis last I heard. Yeah, we were downtown, and then we decided to uh, get out of the gunfire range and move to where there was less opportunity to <laughs> be engaged in combat. Uh, so we came across the border in a little community just just to the south of uh, Memphis. Yeah. So, Mo, how how'd you wind up uh, flying airplanes? Uh, me? Well, yeah. let's see. I uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and out. Next to the airport there, PDX, there's uh, the Columbia Rivers right to the north. And we used to go out there once in a while and just watch the airplanes come in and land and take off and stuff. So it kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And then uh, I enlisted in the Marine Corps and went through boot camp and was at home thinking about it and uh, happened to hear that there was such a thing as an OSO. So I went and saw the OSO and got involved in the PLC 
was able to get an aviation guarantee because I had 2020 vision. And I think that was the only really qualifying factors that you could breathe and had 2020 vision. <laughs> we know that's not true. Fog this mirror. Can you see the mirror you're fogging? <laughs> Moto. So you, you, uh, you enlisted in the Marine Corps, you were in the Marine Corps reserves. Correct. Yeah. I was a heavy equipment mechanic, a 1341. It was a recruit, a, re- a reserve battalion there on Swan Island in Portland. Okay, and you were going to school somewhere around yep. Portland? Yep, downtown Portland, Oregon, Portland State University. Nice. Okay, commissioning source, PLC. Correct. And, uh, and then, so did you do two six-week uh, OCSs? I did. I did this. I did the two summers, yep, camp up to rupture, and <laughs> then over there at Mainside. And... That's the low IQ test. Do you go back a second time? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Bugsy, what about you? Uh, what was your uh, your path? My path. Um, I enlisted in the Navy. That's a story in and of itself. Uh, I went down with every good intention to enlist in our beloved Marine Corps, but the recruiters were out to lunch, and it was kind of a gauntlet <laughs> to get back there. So the uh, Navy recruiter was leaning up against the, the door jam and said, well, why waste the trip? Come on in and see what the Navy has to offer. And next thing you know, I'm shipping out. So, um, but it worked out well. He was, he was a very good salesman. I was an avionics tech in the Navy out of uh, Oceana, the A-75. I worked AIMD on the uh, John F. Kennedy. And uh, we were on Bagel Station um, soon after the Marine Barracks in uh, Beirut was bombed. And during that time, I'd go out to uh, Fulcher's Row and watch flight ops as often as possible. And really, uh, that's what bit me. I know, uh, Fig, you were going to fly from the time you were uh, a little guy. All right. That wasn't me. I mean, I thought it was neat. I used to go down to the airport, watch uh, planes coming into land and stuff. But uh, never thought that that would be me at some point. I got bit when I was uh, on the carrier watching flight ops all the time and getting to know some of the pilots and figuring out that Hey, I could do this too. So applied for a few officer ascension programs. Oddly enough, got boost. If anyone remembers that. Oh yeah. Vaguely. Um, what was that about? Brought an opportunity for officer officer selection and training. Um, so it's really a minority based program. But I I got in fortunately and uh, was there for a few weeks. Uh, they were standing up a Navy ROTC unit at Memphis State, and they were looking for some folks from the fleet to go help stand it up. And I uh, raised my hand. And uh, I was off to the races. I graduated there in, what, 87? So you were commissioned to ROTC? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Memphis State. Memphis State. And, uh, yeah, Echo 87. Echo! Great time. <laughs> Loved it. Right? <laughs> yes. Did we have some fun there or what? We had fun. Uh, so truth, <laughs> truth in Lending Clause, Bugsy and I were in the same TBS class. That's actually where we met. Nice. Bugsy, I, Ags. Yeah. And that's how you used to know when we were in Millington. Anytime we went to Millington, you knew how to get down on Beale Street. That's right. And over there on G.E. Patterson. (laughs) You remember that. Wow. That's pretty good. And we used to look for that, not for Elvis, but that other fella. (laughs) Man, it was a long time ago. I went Marine option and I was, uh, considered myself back on track at that point. And then, uh, TBS, uh, flight school followed after that. 
Hey, Moto, what a TBS class were you? It was hotel uh, company, and it was there. I had the great news broken to me that there was a two-year backlog at flight school. <laughs> so that was fall of '84. Yeah, yeah. So is that so? You're a Fox or a hotel company of '84, and and, 80, and you guys? It might have been a year. After, might have been a year later. '85. No, it was '84 because yeah. I I was Alpha 185 right behind you guys, and uh, oh, okay, okay. We started in October, and uh, and they they took uh, golf through. Bravo and set us aside and then sent Charlie straight to flight school <laughs> guys who were civilians. while we were commissioned lieutenants got right to flight school. We went to the fleet. So, okay. So we know what repeat did, uh, before flight school. What, what did you do Moto? On my hold, I stayed at Quantico and went through basic officer, uh, infantry officer course. Okay. IOC. Yeah. I got a O three O two designation there. It means I, Ubrick I spent a lot of time out in the bugs. Yeah, spent a lot of time out in the in the Quantico Forest, and then uh, I went to MCRD San Diego and was a series officer there for. Uh, I guess it was for just a little over a year, and wow. uh, like a couple of guys and a couple others were also uh, out there helping keep the drill instructors from going to jail. <laughs> No wasn't kidding. uh hey repeat wasn't uh he at the uh reunion was he there i don't remember seeing woody there no i don't okay. um he may have been if, if he was i missed him that was a, i just that was a name i hadn't heard in a while that yeah. kind of rung a bell yeah all right you must have seen some funny stuff on the grinder though at uh, san diego huh? yeah they're um we haven't gone through there a few years prior at being one of the recruits and then going back and being a series officer it was it's real. I like the second time there better. I was going to say, I was a little, little less painful the second go around, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so, so Bugs, uh, ROTC Marine option. Did you, did you do, did you guys, did you do like four or five weeks at Upshur at one point? No, no. Went through Bulldog. Bulldog. Yeah, okay. Bulldog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that's what it was. Well, Moto, what uh, primary squadron and then uh, jet training squadrons did you go through in flight school? Uh, I was uh, I was through the aviation school in Pensacola, then I was sent to BT-27 in Corpus, Corpus. Christie. When the assignments, we could put in, I guess, at what we wanted to do, but when the assignments came out, I was sent to Kingsville. And I was down there in... Uh, Either 21 or 22, 20, 23, 22, 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. 23 for T for uh, T twos and 22 for TA fours. Correct. I was actually went through, I got to go with the, with the cow. I got to go on a few flights with All the right. cow, <laughs> the out of control flights. Um, was cow, was Cal your instructor? Yes. And, uh, landed on the boat out there with, uh, Work, did some workups with a, another good friend, Flair, that yeah. I went through all the training with, um, Greg. Yeah, then, rest his soul. then uh, yeah, great guy. Then, then over uh, next squadron, our next hangar over into the A4 selection time came, and it was to AV8s up in Cherry Point. Uh, well, hey, well, out of curiosity, what aircraft carrier did you land on uh, when you were in um, BT-23 and then BT-22, do you recall? Well, I think it was one of the last ones to go on the Lexington. Hey, Bugs, what about you? Um, did you land on the Kennedy, your old 
You're old. Yeah, <laughs> no. Flotilla. Um, I remember the Lex twice. But yeah, VT6 in Pensacola, VT26 in Beeville, and 24, grade 4s in Beeville. It's a great time. I loved, uh, loved the training command. Call, me, not, call me crazy. Hey, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh, you, you met your bride when you were there, did you not? Indeed. Yeah. So it was a really good uh, training command experience for you. Here we are 30 years later. Yeah. Weird, right? Beautiful kids and the whole deal. Yeah. Awesome. Grandkids. Holy moly. Yes. You're yes. man. That's awesome. Pete, you were, uh, you were in Beeville, right? I was. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to win. Uh, I, I think I got there. I was probably four to six months behind you guys. That sound about right. I got winged in uh, yeah. December 89. Yeah. Well, you, you finished up a month after me. So Mo Moto beat all of us to the rag by a couple years. Moto, what was your VMA T203 rag experience like? Because when we, you know, when we were there, it seemed like um, the motto was with the Harrier community eats its young and it starts at the rag. Was it that kind of experience? <laughs> I didn't quite have that experience because I had been out in the fleet. I mean, I wasn't out in a infantry battalion, but I had been in, I had been in the Marine Corps for several years so i was senior yeah you were a cat you first were a lieutenant captain, yeah okay. well senior first lieutenant and and right on to about being a captain and at that point in time a lot of the other students that were coming in were either like there was transition pilots from other communities and there was a, a like a sh not a shortage but it was it was necessary for 203 to be creating a lot of pilots that the fleet squadrons were in need of pilots i didn't feel like uh you know i was getting hazed or anything it was okay. it was a little less stressful bugs what was your experience like 203 was great hawk was a skipper right i remember uh spiko and chief and lawman and bear and corn and this goes on man there were uh a Lots good bunch of guys. instructors. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a good bunch of instructors. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think that uh, that menta mentality really started there. It was a good environment to train in. And then, so Moda, you were already at two twenty three. I, I seem to recall when I checked in, uh, you were you out on a boat dead already? Were you out on the one with Gangster and and Flat Top? I think that was the Saipan. Yeah, that's the one Gangster came back with a broken jaw. Yeah. He had some incident occur where his jaw became slipped fractured. on a banana in the ready room. Did he? Must have, tri <laughs> must have tripped um, going through one of those hatchways that you had to step over. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Th that's that's what we heard. Yeah. yeah. One way to find out. Get him on the show. Yeah. We're gonna have to have gangster on. So you guys got back from that, and then my other recollection is. You went to Spain. I remember that. You were out on that one. But you did not do Westpac with us in 92, did you? That's correct. But, yeah, we did uh, We did the first LHD. Yeah, the WASP. Pen plane uh, deployment. Bugs, you were, on, you were on that too, right? Yeah, I was. Yep. That, uh, yeah. that was a great deployment. Uh, we spent most of it shore-based. Well, that's horrible when you're on yeah. a boat deployment, right? It really was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was after uh, the first Gulf, new class of ship, uh, waving the flag. Um, 
So what mode we spent three weeks in uh, Nevit team. Yeah, yeah, I have up on the wall. I got the pictures with the uh, head. Spent a lot of time in Rota. Um, spent time in Nîmes, France. I think three three weeks there. Did you guys hit um, Italy? Did you hit Italy yeah. at all? In port? We did. It's oh, terrible. We did. That's horrible. Yeah, it was. It it, it really was. Uh, we didn't spend a whole lot of time on the boat, but um, great experience. A lot of good flying. Nice. So, Nice. We've lost an airplane and a pilot on that deployment. Yeah, that one was sad. Yeah. Lost biscuit. Yeah. Um, yep. And then Moto, you were the safety officer. Yeah, that was the call you don't ever want to get. It was right. November eleventh, eleven, eleven of ninety-one. I was kind of all these ones added up, but eleven, eleven of ninety-one at about eleven o'clock, and we got the call that a uh, section had gone out relatively new section leader leading and that one of the planes had impacted the ground and it was in Villa de la Torre, Spain. And uh, just, I mean, the world comes to a stop. You're like, oh, then you go back after having been through the schools, like, okay, what is, what's the checklist? What am I supposed to do? You go grab the binder, you notify the Naval Safety Center, go through the little steps, and then you're all the training and all this checklist start going into effect. And Right. You're just, you're right. You're running the list. You're doing your job. Yeah. Going through the whole list. And and then one of the really, when you lose a squadron mate, it's just a tough time, but it, then you get out on the scene and it was strange because there was a, it was kind of a lower level impact, but uh, low, lower angle, right? Lower, lower angle. angle. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it had to be low level. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you what know, you meant. I just wanted you can to only tie the record. Yeah. 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 It's a lower angle. What it was, was all the parts from the right hand side of the aircraft were on the left hand side down range. And then all of the left hand side parts were on the right hand side down range with the, and then the engine in the middle down there. So it just took a little while to realize that it had impacted inverted. Inverted. Yeah. Wow. So the short version of the long story is that there was a a binding in the aileron so when the aircraft started to roll it was unable to stop the roll and counter it and it continued to roll and then that's where it was uh, during a low level uh flight that there just wasn't there wasn't recovery altitude and my recollection was that uh, you you really found the needle in the haystack on that you found some witness marks on the uh, uh we uh, we brought back these gaylord boxes i don't know if you know what a gaylord box is but it's basically a cardboard box that fits on a pallet like mm -hmm. a four by four pallet we brought back as many of those as we could fill up it had all the parts in it there was actually a, a hornet driver lieutenant colonel who was the senior member on the board and he kept going through piece by piece but we found we found a couple of pieces that uh, had witness marks on them and then through analysis of the metals and the location on the aircraft and certain things it was determined that this one part could be installed either uh, in one position or another and it had catastrophically been installed in incorrectly yeah it caused the yellow run to jam up yeah yep and then the other one that, that, as I recall, you interviewed one of the witnesses, and it, it so he he basically recovered. He almost impacted the ground and recovered and got it got it away from the ground a little bit before he ejected. But uh, uh, your witness story was kind of amazing to me too. Do you remember what that was? Absolutely, I remember in, in interviewing this uh, Spanish fellow, and he he was able to speak English, but 
he described uh, an aircraft coming overhead over his head so close to him that it he was riding his bicycle that it took the hat off of his head the wind wow. from the aircraft passing over caused his hat to blow off of his head on his bicycle on the tail of the aircraft right then in the below the vertical tail there's that yeah, it's kind of a gag. Yeah, that lower por portion there. Yeah, that thing. To a lot of people, it's it's when the aircraft's upright or inverted, it and the wings, right? The dihedral. Most mm -hmm. aircraft have the opposite. Right. So all of these factors, when people saw it, they claim they claim that the thing was right side up, but they were describing it being upside down. We lost we lost a great marine there. Got biscuit. God rest his soul. That was my so he was one of three of our TBS classmates, repeat, that, that um, Bugsy and I had that um, that died flying the, the Harrier. Actually, I think he was uh, he was the first. He was the first of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. No, you got you to gotta remember that stuff. Got to acknowledge him. Yes. It's so yeah, this past, it was 30 years this past November. I keep in yep. touch with, uh, with Dan, his younger brother, who was a Marine as well combat engineer and uh and their dad just passed away recently and he was just a wonderful wonderful gentleman dan called and and, and thanked me for keeping in touch with the parents and with him and um and uh you know kind of keeping tom's memory alive like we all do yeah. and uh, says you know the the worst thing is uh you know a marine dies twice when it, when he actually loses his life and then when people stop thinking about him so it's so important that we continue this. Yeah, absolutely. I, there, there's not a time uh, when I tell stories about, uh, you know, my aviation career that I don't talk about those three guys. To Biscuit. Well, uh, so one of the reasons we wanted the two of you on together was back in uh, 1991. Was it 91 or 92? No, I guess it was 92 when we got back from uh, Westpac, right? Right after Westpac. May or April of 93, you guys went to Key West after that to do the flying. I mean, you can probably narrow it down for me. What was wrong Thanksgiving? I remember Thanksgiving, correctly. Thanksgiving of, 90, of 93? 93, yeah. Well, you would know. You would know yeah. you were there, yeah. So you got down there. Um, how, how, how'd you get selected? How'd you get? Uh... Yeah, how, was the ta how did the tasking come down? Yeah, here's, here's the tasking. Let's clear it up because um, any of us could have done it. Um, you know, it was one of those luck of the draw things, being in the right place at the right time. 223 was on the block. Um, you know, other squadrons were out doing other things. And then it was uh, the guys who had the calls, the LSS, the LSO, um, things like that, and, and some hours in the plane. So, um, you know, Moto certainly had that. And uh, I was fortunate enough to to uh, creep in there behind them. So that, okay. that's, that explains that. And so it, it had nothing to do with your chiseled good looks and your aviation <laughs> acumen. The As Hollywood you well know, they, they, they kept us off the, the camera. <laughs> that's coming. I'm going to, we're going to talk yeah. about that later. Let's talk, yeah. let's talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. So how, so how was it? Was it a, uh, uh, was you, were you tasked by the wing? I mean, how, how did it come down? How, how was the actual tasking? So, yeah, you know, Moto may know this part better. What, what I remember is that, uh, we were tasked to go down and do a site survey. And I went down to do that with, uh, with guts, the XO at the time, you know, went down, it was a, uh, it was a pull-off 
on um, A1A, right? It's on the Marathon Key northwest corner on the westbound side. Yep. And it was just uh, it was just pavement. So it's like, yeah, if, if this is where you want to play, you know, it's all going to have to be poured slab to support the Harrier, right? So can you explain that a little bit? Because uh, some people are not going to know what you're talking about. And why did it have to be concrete? Yeah. So with the vector thrust, um, if you're doing vertical landings on on a pavement, it heats it up and tears it up pretty quick. So that's what would happen there. So it was a non-starter. Then you have to have mill spec pad poured with rebar. And I don't recall how many inches that is, but it's it's a thick pour. Yes, yeah, a lot. And, uh, and they did it. They did it. I mean, came back, obviously, and that whole thing was concrete. No way. Pretty impressive. I wonder who paid for that. Was it the was it the movie or was it? I'm thinking it wasn't the Marine Corps. It wasn't the Marine Corps, yeah. Or or was it? Yeah, the the, the government down there. Um, who knows? I would guess it was the movie. To be honest mm. with you, I think concrete was probably a little cheaper by the yard back then. Oh yeah. So hey, when when you went for the site survey, uh, did you fly airplanes down or did you go down commercial or how'd that work? So uh, Guts had uh, you know his private license as we all did, but. Uh, but he wanted to fly down in a little uh, Cessna. So we did that. You, were, um, you guys were really a little plane. Of, yeah. flew down from North brutal. Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, <laughs> wasn't a small guy. And, you know, yeah. you, can, you can imagine how we're, we're sandwiched in there side by side. And uh, anyways, oh, awesome. we made it. Yeah, that's we awesome. made it down and did the survey and, and, and came back. And, uh, yeah, they did everything that we uh, – we'd asked of them, you know, the rest is history now. Okay. So, so uh, they fixed the concrete and from the time you did the site survey, when, when did you guys actually, you know, fly airplanes to, to Key West and, and fly profiles and all that? How, how did that work? Yeah. Had to be, had to be six months, I would guess. And uh, Emoto, if I'm, uh, if I'm gumming this up, please jump in. But I know that, uh, Asia and I flew down initially. He actually let me uh, let me do the first landing there. I came in and there was absolutely no visual cues. I mean, you had on the south side of the highway, you had uh, high tension lines and just no visual cues on the north side. It was a pretty sharp drop off with uh, large boulders, like a jetty there, right. or a seawall protecting the parking lot itself. And so we came in. We did a we did a break, uh, left downwind, which was north of the uh, of the site, and you know flew the profile in, and I got low and just fodded the heck out of the uh, out of the parking lot, just boogered <laughs> it up. So blew a bunch and, of rocks. Moto, I think yeah, Moto, I think you were down there. You, you were the LSS, um, and you know waved me off. Asia came in and. You know, swept it out, took back off, and he, he let me come back around and be the first one to land again. And uh, fortunately, I didn't booger it up that time. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So LSS, landing site supervisor, he's the guy on the ground helping make the call. To uh, Yeah, to motors was right, paddles. Right place. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, paddles. You guys parked airplanes down there. You flew how many airplanes down there to show, to, to get two for the movie? flying in the scenes how many airplanes were there two four how many did you guys take four four 
Okay. Okay. Moto's hold, so, holding up four fingers. Yeah, Moto needs to jump in here. His memory's better. Yeah. Well, I, I just remember we we had to have several with the number sixteen, you know, on the nose because that was what when they created the mock up the model that right. was used in the film. It was uh, it was like the remnants of a day attack aircraft out of Yuma that they built a full scale model of, right. and uh, so it had we had to have the one I remember the one Bugs was landing in had the sixteen on the side, and. Uh, he he landed and pulled up, turned the exhaust so that the second aircraft coming in wouldn't wouldn't ingest it and would have some clean air to create power with. And then uh, realized Jamie Lee Curtis was standing over there, so <laughs> started giving me a couple of little inquiries of what's going on and who's that and <laughs> nice. what's happening. Was he standing by you when uh, you were waving him? Was, yeah, they were all kind of right over behind me. Uh, the first couple of the first landing and stuff, we just did it as a uh, practice uh, before they had all the set set up and in the crane with the model and all that stuff there. Right. We had, we did fod walks before landings. So because they wouldn't, as my, my recollection is they wouldn't let uh, any of the, uh, anybody who wasn't ejection seat qualified even sit in our airplanes. So the movie, uh, movie company built a duplicate Harrier. Uh, sans engine obviously but uh so that uh he could get in there and you talked about the crane they actually it hovered by being picked up by a crane for the uh with a green screen i assume for all the scenes that they did that in exactly there were there were cables attached to uh the strong points where normally the wing is lifted off of the aviate uh so they like for engine maintenance if it has right. to be replaced the wing comes off uh, the whole it's one piece and and then it uh has attachment points for that. That's where basically the crane was attached. And then through the digital um, mastery that they have, they just erased those cable lines when they pick the pick the aircraft up. So I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I think I misunderstood here. I'm a little shocked right now because I've seen that movie multiple times. So you wait, what you're telling me is, and don't get, maybe I'm wrong, but what you're telling me is Arnold Schwarzenegger really didn't fly one of those Harriers. <laughs> Is that right? Because I'm I'm a little shocked right now. He didn't yeah, he didn't fly yeah, it. Yeah, believe it or not, even though they claimed he had years of experience in the in the aircraft. I mean, that was a was it called a uh, that was a, a classic Tasker takeoff when he crushed the police car. He is a little rusty right now, but that's a trademark Tasker takeoff. I gotta be honest with you, it's like riding a bike. You never forget, really. We might want to see shelter. Yeah, that that was uh, that was yes. done by some guy on a crane uh, picking so, the model up. Okay. Um, nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I haven't seen the movie in a in a few years, but I I do know that the flying scenes part of the uh, you know your guys the part you flew, um, you do some you know you blew up you blew up bridges you strafed. Uh, you strafed this van with a bunch of bad guys in it. And then, um, so you first you landed and then, and, or maybe you did that first and then you landed because there was an atomic explosion that was about to happen. Right. And then there was an atomic explosion. And then the next thing, you know, uh, Arnold jumps in your, your jet and, um, and takes off. And then he goes to, I think Miami to save Don't his tell daughter. Miami. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah okay. So, 
I was shocked when, cause I thought, wow, this is awesome. These guys are getting to blow up the bridge and they're getting to strafe these trucks and stuff. Tell me how many bridges, bridges you actually blew up and how many trucks got strafed. Uh, that would be uh, none and zero. <laughs> so, so you guys weren't actually shooting anything. It was you all didn't get to shoot rockets at the bridge. What? I know. I know. It was a laser like man mile bridge. Out loud. All oh. sleight of hand. We did captive carry some uh, some ordnance that was on the aircraft. That uh, we basically were just asked to do like a, a a breakaway. They had a Learjet flying behind us and some cameras on the bridge and the Learjet was flying behind us. I, I, well, where are we doing bugs? Well, 260. That's it? Yeah, we had to keep it. Uh, the camera plane couldn't, wouldn't have been able to keep up. So they citation, I think. Oh my gosh. Oh, no wonder it was slow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. replace the airspeed, the airspeed indicator and a citation with a calendar and you've got it. Uh... <laughs> so, so bugs for, uh, for the non, uh, for the non, uh, attack but people that are listening what what would be a normal speed for uh, say a weapons delivery or a laser maverick shot or, or strafing when you're if you're doing that what would be normal ip to target runs 480 is what we planned right but <laughs> yeah you, you you want to be going with as much q as possible yeah you so know? you guys you guys were way slower than you would yeah, normally way be. slow and it's you know but so i think uh Oda, i think asia did the uh that big break turn he was concerned it was a slow speed so no he, he did the risky stuff um, um he, he had a lot of hours he, he was very uh, yeah. skilled so yeah yeah, it, yeah as a ceo that he certainly as he should have so we did that he certainly did landing there and then he did this scene over at the building uh in miami the approach to that building and that was an actual so, airplane that flew into the downtown area yeah yeah he flew that in biscayne bay right yeah, and then then it picked up with the uh, with the tethered one, I think. Obviously, when they had the people hanging off the wings yeah. and stuff, yeah. I haven't seen that one mastered yet. But uh, but then you know, Moto and I did all the other vanilla stuff, I'll, I'll call it. And then I think did Biff come down and fly some of that too? I I don't recall what part he was involved with. Mm -hmm. I was on the I was at the vertical landing site for all of that. So um, any flying that was done outside of, or during that time, I, I'm not sure what the schedule was, but I think he was there primarily to uh, be available for, you know, like if anybody got sick or had met down for any reason, uh, he was the backup. So Moda, did you get to fly at all or you paddles the entire time? Yeah, I did. Uh, okay. I did get to do a little bit of flying. The initial scene where the helicopter looks out and we do a section pass below the, helicopter there that one bugs and i did the truck that got strafed and then one of the two that did the uh, bridge with the mavericks and then otherwise i was in a it's monroe county down there monroe <laughs> county i was in a monroe county sheriff's outfit with my <laughs> prc radio <laughs> down there so that if uh, i got were to happen to get in the scene that i wouldn't be standing there in a flight suit i was uh, I was a Monroe County Sheriff. Okay. There right. you go. Nice. Now, did you have to uh, fill out a Screen Actors Guild card for that scene? Or, uh, or, or were you just considered an extra at that point? And do you, and do you get royalties? We, uh, we, got, we, we got some uh, per diem, and we got uh, like over Thanksgiving, 
this was also a kind of a neat thing. All of our crew, which were like spectacular guys, all the crew got commercial. It was a, a, a chartered flight. They got chartered down to Key West. They got put up in a hotel. If they wanted to go home over Thanksgiving, they flew them back to Cherry Point. And then wow. they brought them back for filming afterwards. Wow. Those who, those who wanted to stay, stayed. It was per, there was per diem. Um, granted, it wasn't, you know, you couldn't retire on it, but it, it was a, it, there was a couple of good little gigs on top of the flying. It was uh, comfortable. Okay. It probably paid more than Marine Corps per diem a day, I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe nobody, nobody got rich out of there. Well, nobody got rich, but um, I mean, like for, for the Marines that went down the, the, uh, the maintainers and everybody that needed to support it, it probably was a pretty nice deal for them. So can you give us a time frame from, from the time you got down there until the time they said, okay, you're done. And you packed all your gear and went home. How, how long was that for, uh, for, for that? I don't know. There was probably four or five minutes of, of film. I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're there at least three weeks, right, Mona? I, it was less than a month, uh, but it was okay. it was great. It was it was over the Thanksgiving break, so it was more than a couple of weeks. Wow. Okay. And I don't remember given being given the option to go home for Thanksgiving either. Yeah. Well, you not for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because somebody's got to hear this. That's what I heard. Wait, that's what I heard. I, I, I may have just spoke. So there's a kind of a side story I want to talk about here. And it's kind of strange how I got this information, but flash forward a decade from the time that movie came out. Well, I don't know when it came out, but flash forward a decade from the time you guys went down and did all that stuff. As life has it, I meet at the time, he's a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps Reserves in Kansas City. And we had a connection because he and my wife went to the same high school. He was a couple of years behind, but he knew her and, and she, he had some brothers. And, and so we, we struck up this conversation. And then when he found out that I was a Harrier pilot, he said, oh, well, you know. I was a Harrier pilot, too, for four minutes. <laughs> and he tells me this story. And my, my, my jaw was <laughs> hanging down. It was on the ground. And the, like the, the next drill weekend, he brings me a 8 uh, by 10 black and white picture of him and Arnold now he's wearing full flight gear and on his name tag it's your name tag bugs yeah it's your name tag on his flights and he's the guy in the movie that is you he is you in the movie the other guy had moto's tag on so um how did that come about and why did they not use you because you are one handsome devil i don't understand i don't i just (laughs) don't understand you may have just you may have just hit on the answer yourself right there (laughs) he's too handsome he didn't want him upstaging uh, arnold that's all this this guy this guy that i'm talking about is probably six two yeah no we we met him and he's uh yeah yeah, but what how did he get there so here here's what happened Emoto, obviously uh check me if i'm wrong but uh they bought in a couple of Reserve Marines from Miami, might have been West Palm Beach, to stand in as the pilots because we had a change of command coming up. Duck was going to take the squadron from Asia, and they wanted the planes back so they can get them, you know, ready to go and wanted us all back as well. So didn't want us loitering down there for another week. 
So they went and picked up a couple of reserve Marines and put them in a bag and gave them our name tags and the rest is history. Now, if you remember, we had the special showing in Havelock. I, I don't they showed the Marine. No, okay. I, I don't remember. They bought the squadron in. And Mo, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what happened? They, they, they're to the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, who the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even, uh, even in the aircraft, all the any communication from the no, it wasn't you guys was it they were all with face shield and covered no they didn't use any of our likenesses because they if they needed to create recreate something we weren't going to be available uh yeah i noticed it was the wrong helmets the wrong oxygen <laughs> mass nobody's voices sounded right you know now they had the call sign right yeah the crappy call sign line the crappy call sign <laughs> yeah, that, right. that we inherited when we came back from westpac right but uh i was really I was shocked and disappointed at the same time, but yeah. I never knew how that came about. So, so now yeah, I know. That was it, man. Well, now it should have been you, bro. It should have been you. <laughs> Everybody got a piece of it, yeah. man. We all had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. A great opportunity. And uh, like I said, just right place at the right time. Actually, I got a, a, a great story real quick to interject yeah. along those lines. Um, so we had, pictures years later i'm trying to find these pictures and i can't find them. Um, when you say you took pictures you took pictures with the cast and that sort of thing or yeah had a lot of good pictures with the cast and stuff i think moto and i had all the same ones in my previous job i was talking to one of the guys about it he was a, a former marine as well it's like my wife said their the pictures are lost um she took them to work one day and they were stolen or something and this guy looks at me jim he looks at me and he goes are you serious? She threw those out. And I, he caught me by surprise. I look back at him. I'm like, son of a uh, back home. To <laughs> was he right? Back home. <laughs> Listen, I said, I said, you know what? I think you've been holding on to the truth here for a number of years. And boy, did she get pissed off. She stayed up that whole night and found those pictures. She actually found the negatives. She, did, she didn't find the pictures, okay? Sure enough, they were gone. She found the negatives, went out, and got them reprinted. Awesome, sir. And threw them at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you wear an eye patch to this day. So, <laughs> so what, were the, what were the pictures involved? Uh, what, was it you with the cast? What, what kind of pictures? Yeah, there was uh, some, some pictures... Uh, Modo and I and some of the other Marines got to spend the day out on a, a boat watching when they filmed the scene with the limo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they ran that all day to get that one shot where the limo ran off the uh, end of the bridge there. And, yeah. you know, the stunt double was pulled out of the, uh, <gasps> stunt double. Out of the you mean it wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis. It was not. She was with us the whole time. See, Oh, she was on the boat with you guys. Yeah. Oh, that's she a was. Hoot. Yeah. That is a hoot. She was a good egg. Yeah. So who yeah. were the poor saps that had to ride the limousine into the water? Because that's probably not a good job to have. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember them. <laughs> well, how cool is that? So, okay. So besides being on the boat for a day and hanging out with, um, you know, Hollywood actors, how did they treat you? Did they treat you guys pretty good? Were they, were, were they good people? You know, the director of that movie was so familiar with, a lot of the capabilities and a lot of the, uh, what he wanted to have done. He had storyboards. When we went to the briefings, we, 
we basically, we briefed our NATOPS, we briefed our safety procedures and, you know, the stuff that we do, SOP right. uh, things. But as far as what we were going to accomplish on the flight, he had that ma mapped out to the second. He had everything ready for us. It was just a kneeboard. You're going to oh. fly, you're going to fly from this point to this point at this time, at this speed. And we want to get a picture from the helicopter of you, you know, flying past. We want one of you landing. There's Remember saying specifically, I've never seen a scene where someone's re recorded a Harrier landing from above it. And I want that. Wow. And he set the helicopter up at the landing pad and did it. Well, that's awesome. So all of the, all of the scenes, how they were going to play out were, were really well coordinated and planned ahead of time. We, we just had to listen up and do what we normally do and then follow the flight planning that they had done. That's pretty awesome. I wonder if he had an aviation consultant that helped him, you know, map, map that out. Bugsy, how do people treat you? Very well. What are your yeah, thoughts? I mean, no, it's good. I mean, we're all the Marines, you, uh, all the support guys, they, everybody treats you good. They love the Marines. Big. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Right. Who so, doesn't love Marines? I mean, who, who doesn't love Marines? Yeah. Who doesn't love Marines? It was a neat ticket ride from the time we got there till the time we left. Oh, that's uh, a good for sure. Yeah, it was a good experience. Bugs, do you remember that uh, Billy Lucas? Yeah, absolute coordinator. Yes. So yes. here's this guy, just the greatest, most calm guy, very physically fit, just smart as a whip. And here they make silicone jaw lines and things that look like Arnold. And, and, there are scenes in the movie that we can watch and see like when the horse is riding through the fountain and some of these other things, that's Billy Lucas on that horse. That's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. The, when he's sliding through the <laughs> snow, shooting the guns at these terrorists that are chasing yeah. him in the opening scenes and stuff, that's yeah. Billy Lucas. And this guy, this guy took that Corvette, the convertible. Yeah. Yeah. We were down there. We were in the uh, parking lot. We had to go watch him. 14 times they wet the wet the blacktop a little bit so it'd slide but he turned the car they were they were drive the ones that really drove the car and made it yeah. to the uh parking in the in between the other cars there. Oh, that wasn't bill paxton doing that <laughs> Damn it. you guys are crushing my whole soul <laughs> yeah. right now i thought yeah, I those guys did it cool, so yeah <laughs> So how many, so, I mean, I, that was probably really a neat experience to see, uh, you know, how that, how that all comes together. Cause you know, we, we would know, uh, otherwise it ne ever have any insight into, um, you know, how you make a movie scene, especially one, a dynamic one, like, you know, flying a Harrier onto a road or, you know, parking a Corvette, yeah. sliding a Corvette in between two cars. Have stunt doubles. Yeah, and it, it, the remarkable point you are you already hit on is that it took three three plus weeks of uh, of ops to uh, to capture what may be some total of a minute or so of uh, of flying time in the uh, actual movie. And then you wonder why so, why it costs so much to make a movie. Yeah, right. And exactly. there you go. Right. Exactly. What a great experience. That's that's pretty awesome. And and, uh, and thanks for you guys for sharing that. So. So now we got the true story of true lies, so to speak. Right? <laughs> we talked briefly about the crappy call sign for the squadron, so I want to touch on that, and then I want to finish up with uh, you guys how you got your call signs. We were the Bulldogs, and so we went around the world dog 
one, two, three, dog 14. Yeah. It was your rock. It was our call sign, dog. And so we're over in Westpac and they split up VMAQ four from, or from, I'm sorry, VMAQ two was the one EA6B squadron and they split them into four squadrons. And I think it was Q3 became the moon doggies and they went down and registered as dog. And we had never registered our call sign as dog. And back in the 1950s or 40s, our squadron call sign was Lime. So that's what you hear in the movie, you know, Lime 3 in hot. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How stupid is that call sign? Dog is cool. Lime not so cool. Horrible. Horrible. (laughs) So we got hosed with a terrible call sign for the squadron when we got back from Westpac in 92. It was horrible. I think Duck changed that. Um, oh, good. If I recall correctly, Modi, you might be able to confirm to, to maybe Stone. The yeah. other one he uh, entertained was Righteous, and I think he, he might have put it to a vote, and Stone won. So Stone's better than Lime. Every Absolutely. single day. Every day. <laughs> if he had any Stones, he'd have done Big Beaver. But that was yeah. another episode. <laughs> Big Beaver's up and ready. <laughs> so, so call signs, Modo. Moto. How? Oh, uh, what is Moto? M O T O. I mean, I know what it is, but tell us how that came about and what what it means. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's master of the obvious," right? He's he's Moto. He's master of the obvious, but it's not didn't quite come out that way. I was in Kingsville just after primary, and I was with Flair. We roomed right next to each other, and we used to do PT in the morning and go, you know, do study in and talk through procedures and different things. And sometimes we, when something would happen, we'd just say, well, that's pretty moto rather than saying that's pretty cool. It just was kind of a word. <laughs> and then he just started calling me that. And it was just out of kind of a, a pattern of speech that Flair dubbed me moto. Okay. There you the go. rest like, of this history. Like, yeah. I could see that happening. Moto was, or uh, Flair was a great guy. I went through TBS with him. In fact, he's the first guy I met at TBS. He was just one of those guys. Moto, tell, tell me if I'm lying. You walk into a restaurant, you walk into an ice cream shop or anything, and if, here's one night in Corpus Christi. My wife and I and Flair walk into a, a Baskin-Robbins. We come out, each come out with an ice cream cone. He comes out with an ice cream cone and a phone number on a napkin. Women threw themselves at this man. It was the most amazing thing in the world. Oh, here's my phone number. Call me. And he's like, yeah, okay. yeah." You speak of the truth. Yeah, we lost him about 12 or 13 years ago. He died of a pulmonary embolism in his sleep. No. For, you know, great shape. Shouldn't have happened. Yep. But, you know. Yep. OV-10 hero in the war. Yeah. 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 Flew OV-10s in the Gulf War. So, anyway. All right. So, more happy stuff. And with that... <laughs> Bugs. Bugs, how'd you wind up with the call sign? Yeah, how, how'd that happen? So in BT-24, my Marine on wing was uh, Skibbies, uh, first name Rod, real good guy. And uh, he looked at me and uh, looked across the table at me. He says, you know, you look like an escaped convict. I'm going to call you Bugsy. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Okay. Nice. And he's not lying. You do look like an escaped convict. Well, and we, and we can see you. So for the people that can't, let's 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 call. He's a good-looking guy, but uh, he's bugs. Now correct me if I'm wrong. You could shave at six in the morning, and by noon you'd need to shave again. I shaved yesterday morning. 
and I always thought, you know, the uh, the gangster character from Bugs Bunny. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> you know, he always had a shadow, yeah, <laughs> he had yeah. a jawline, yeah. kind of like yours. And I thought, okay, that fits. Bugs. I think that. Would, I think that that's what yeah. Skibbies was thinking yeah. the same thing. Oh, I think that's, that's spot on. Beautiful. Almost lost it at two two twenty three though when I got there. It was, uh, it was already a bugs, if you recall. Moto knows. It was already a bugs there. Was there? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Because I know we had some kangaroo courts where, where guys were reassigned their uh, their permanent call sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for sharing your story because that was awesome. Now, I'm going to tell you it's going to take me several days to process through some of the stuff I just learned because I, I was certain Arnold Schwarzenegger flew the Harrier. Yeah. It's just just not right <laughs> i know kind of like kind of like santa claus yeah what? oh no what no santa don't claus? even say that <laughs> what are you saying what are you saying <laughs> what i just said thanksgiving and you went all the way to christmas man oh man <laughs> i got a lot of process now i got a lot thanks I'm a lot bugs. Sleep, good times fellas yeah indeed so gents proud to call you marine brothers proud to call you fellow naval aviator brothers thank you thanks for coming on spending time with us sharing this uh absolutely a blast to catch up with you anybody has any questions you want to write to us at uh, fig at so there i was dot us or repeat at so there i was dot us find us on facebook at so there i was dot us slash facebook or so there i was dot us slash twitter for the twitter account Love to have your feedback if you would do us the kind favor of going on and giving us a five-star rating put in any comments We'd appreciate that as well. In the meantime, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for your service to the country. And check six. Five boys. Sir, you're going to have to sign for this aircraft. Oh, I'll sign for it. You got a pen? He's got one. You take care of it, would you? You're fired.